Welcome to season three of the What's Up APS podcast. I'm your host, Frank Bellavia with School and Community Relations. We're getting ready to start the 2019-20 school year, and we have some big changes coming our way um, with the addition of new schools and new programs. One of the biggest changes, though, you'll see is that uh, we have a new interim superintendent for the school year, and that's Cynthia Johnson, who's been with Arlington Public Schools for a number of years. So I thought we'd get a chance to uh, talk to her and get to know her. So I want to welcome Cynthia Johnson to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for welcoming me, and it's a pleasure to be here. So um, just as a way to get to know uh, you, talk about your background, where you're from, where you grew up, where you went to school. So I had the good fortune to grow up in a military family. Um, I was actually born in California and Fort Beale Air Force Base, so we had an opportunity to live in a number of different bases. Um, we started in California, moved to Texas, from there moved to Georgia, lived in North Carolina, and the last base we, my father was stationed at was actually Fort Dix um, in New Jersey. Uh, I think those experiences were wonderful experiences for me, um, primarily because of the opportunity to live in different locations and also to be able to create a sense of community um, because the military lifestyle has that within the base. Um, so most of the places I lived were actually, was actually in the um, United States, but we did live outside of the United States in Panama. And we spent a, a short period of time in Cuba where my mother was born. Uh, my father's actually from the islands. Um, and my father lived and worked outside of the United States quite a bit. Um, and he actually was quite quite, um, had quite the talent for language, so he spoke multiple languages. Mm -hmm. um, I had the good fortune to grow up in a home that was bilingual, mm -hmm. and so in our home we did hear both English and Spanish. How did, growing up in a military background, how does that help you now as an educator? Does it help you? I think it is a tremendous help um, for a number of reasons. I think that the opportunity to live on bases um, creates um, the environment that I, I feel is uh, designed to create a sense of community. So like many of the traditional communities we have in Arlington, the bases create that. You have the sense of family. The sense of family is extended beyond beyond your immediate family with other individuals taking care of yourself, um, taking care of you. Um, and taking care of others. So that was a really strong feeling um, where neighbors watched out for each other. I enjoyed that immensely and I have vivid memories of that as well. I also really um, appreciate the diverse types of experiences that I've had um, in living in different places and I think that has truly enriched my life in a way that's been beneficial to the experiences that I've had beyond. So that's been another benefit I think of the military lifestyle and I actually attribute the um, ability to be very flexible and open-minded and receptive to um, you know embracing what people bring to the table, um, also being as a result of my military upbringing. Okay. Sounds like it's a big part of who you are today. It is a very big part of who I am today. So you've been with Arlington Public Schools for, for quite a while, um, been a principal at a couple of schools. Talk about your professional background and, and how you started in Arlington. Well, my, my actual um, educational career started before I came to Arlington. I did go to Rutgers University in New Jersey, and I was one of those individuals who 
knew that she wanted to be a teacher, I think, early on. Mm -hmm. Um, I always enjoyed being around young people, Um, did it early on as a babysitter, as a candy striver in a hospital. So that pleasure and that enjoyment has been a big part of my life all along. So I went to school for education, started um, in in New Brunswick, New Jersey, um, and actually taught in four different states um, before coming to Arlington. And so those experiences also were, um, you know, part of my educational journey. But I've been in Arlington for over 35 years. It's been a phenomenal experience in so many different ways. But started as a classroom teacher Mm -hmm. at Patrick Henry Elementary and then went over to Thomas Jefferson as a middle school teacher when the concept of middle school was first being um, developed. Um, And that was a a great experience um, because of the developmental stages of middle school students. And then from there went on to be an assistant principal at Randolph Elementary before being principal at Patrick Henry and opening the second immersion program at Claremont. So you've been around the county a, a lot. Um, when you look back on your career, what's what's some of your fondest memories of being in the classroom? Um, I just believe that the ability to see the successes of students has probably been the most rewarding. Mm -hmm. And I believe that those successes manifest themselves in a lot of different ways. So see, to see a child happy learning in an environment is, is actually um, exhilarating. Um, It motivates you to want to do more for that student to be successful. Um, It's also great to see the growth that occurs, I think, not just in terms of their overall academic performance, but how you see them mature and how you see them develop in terms of the social interactions or how they become more independent in terms of, you know, their confidence in what they do. Um, So there's so many ways to look at the successes of students. um, And I think that's really inspiring to teachers in a way that helps you to continue to do the work. Do you miss being in the classroom? I miss being around children. I miss being around students. Um, I actually look forward to that being a part of what I'll be able to do um, more of this year, serving as the interim superintendent. I truly look forward to being in the school and being around young people. What were your your thoughts and feelings when the board approached you about um, being the interim superintendent and help transitioning the, um, the school system to a new superintendent? So initially it was why. Um, and, you know, giving some thought to, you know, wanting the system to be in a place where they were able to, where we are able to continue to do the great work that is already in place. Um, I believe that there's such talent and high levels of expertise and being able to provide leadership around that made me ask myself that question of why me Mm -hmm. Um, and it was important to be able to keep that momentum Um, and then after asking that question I think the next question was why not Um, and really thinking about the longevity I have in the school system I think to a large degree um, how I have operated as an individual over the years in this school system, I think um, is an indication of um, the value that you place on the individuals and what they each bring to the organization. 
And I think that's been very much a part of my belief in the work that I've done. So every individual in the organization has a level of expertise and is a valued individual that I think contributes to the overall success. So whether you're the classroom teacher or the individual who helps to maintain the facilities or transport our students from one location to another or help our students to be, you know, healthy, um, whether it's physical activities or eating the right, each and every one of those individuals is important to the success of an organization. So believing that in my work over the years made me think that that was something I could continue to contribute. You mentioned um, you've been with Arlington Public Schools for over 35 years, and you just talked about a little more of your time here. What are some of the uh, changes you've seen in the school system over the years? Well, one of the changes I've seen is the growth. Okay, I was uh, smiling not too long ago thinking about 2009. And at that time, we were um, probably a school system of about... 19,000 students, I believe, um, to a school system now of more than 26,000. I was also reflecting on when I first became principal. Um, schools were at the elementary level, might be anywhere from 300 to 600. Um, I don't think we have any elementary schools that's under 500 at this time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's been a significant change, and it's one that I think is going to continue to um, be, fr- be reflected in um, um, in our school system. And, That growth really basically means that we have to perhaps look at doing things in a different fashion um, so that we are more efficient and effective in our work. August Administrative Conference, you talked about some of the influences on your life, including Title IX. You mentioned to us that you you ran track at Rutgers. What are some of those um, influences besides Title IX, um, the people that influence your life and and how um, how they influence you now? So um, there are really three societal factors that played a critical role in the development of who I am today. Um, And they have provided me with the opportunities um, to do and be who I am. Um, So they have been very important. And those three societal factors have really been the civil rights movement, the women's movement, and Title IX. And I talk about those three with tremendous pride and also uh, a belief that I have a responsibility to really um, continue to contribute in a very positive fashion. The three are really not mutually exclusive of each other because they opened doors and they created tremendous opportunities for individuals like myself. And I tried to then take advantage of of those opportunities and do it with integrity. So I think about individuals like um, Barbara Jordan. Um, She was the first African-American woman and lawyer, and she was the first to be elected to the United States House of Representative. I think about individuals like Sandra Day O'Connor, who was the first woman to be to serve on the Supreme Court. I think about athletes like um, Billie Jean King and Althea Gibson, who are individuals who paved the way for myself um, and to have opportunities that I think were um, 
made available as a result of their journey, but they were also very inspiring. Um, and I have a belief that extracurricular activities, whether it's sports or whether it's music or whether it's the arts or whether it's some other areas of incident, um, interest, they tend to build confidence. They tend to build the kind of um, dis- decision-making skill sets that one needs. They tend to create this collective mindset, um, the concept of being a team. Um, they inspire individuals. They give hope. They create possibilities. Um, the list is endless, but those individuals, I think, pave the way and have served as great examples, and there are many, many more, but I try to keep that in mind as I live my life. They helped you in also being an educator. Those experiences that you um, that you live through that are part of your life, do you, does that help you when you talk to kids or when you were in the classroom? It does. Um, it's in, in part because you lead by example. Um, I th- also think that they provide an opportunity to open doors for others. Um, and so um, I think in my journey, it's about believing in yourself. And there are others who help you to get to that destination of believing in yourself. So... Um, I believe that all individuals who have had degrees of success have had tremendous mentors and supports along the way. And, you know, my life is an example of that, whether it was my parents or whether it was the life experiences that I had or my colleagues mm-hmm. who have been part of the mentoring or the individuals I mentioned earlier. I believe that's important to your life. Um, and, you know, definitely I have gained um, from those experiences and want to pass it on. So I tried to do the same for others. Um, you talked about, uh, when I asked about the, the, the changes you've seen in Arlington over the years, you talked about enrollment. That's a change, but that's also a challenge that we're facing as, as a school system. What are some of the other challenges you see us, us facing as we move forward? So I know that we're really focusing on continuing to ensure that we have excellence for each and every student. So I believe that that continues to be a challenge. Um, We still have subgroups that are not performing as well as we'd like them to, but the work continues and the commitment is there and the care is there and we're seeing progress. So I think that's one area. Safety and security um, continues to change um, and requires attention in a very different way. So I think that's another area of challenge that, again, Arlington Public School is continuing to um, address and make adjustments based on the changing climate. Um, So I think we have to continue that work as well. We continue to have challenges around, you know, the overall well-being of students. Um, I know one of the areas we're hearing a lot about is mental health. So Mm -hmm. our ability to provide the right supports for students so that they are not only performing well academically, but they're also performing well in terms of the social and emotional well-being is a critical part of the work that we do. So we have tremendous um, resources that are available within our schools. We have our counselors. And I go back to the connection I made earlier about the value of extracurricular activities that I also think helps young people to stay um, healthy in more than one ways. You're physically healthy, but you're also socially healthy and you're emotionally healthy as a result of those supports and those opportunities that are outside of the academics. So mm-hmm. I think that's another area we have to continue to give attention to. And that happens to be one of the areas the school board wants to focus on this year is the mental health of students, whether it's um, what the results come back from the Your Voice Matter survey or the Youth Risk Behavior Survey, um, and even how many kids in a building does a student know that they can go to to um, 
to talk to you, to, to, to challenge them and encourage them. So that's a big focus. It absolutely, absolutely is. And it's, it's dependent on every individual having somebody that they have a positive relationship with. So I think we have to recognize the true importance of that single factor and the impact that it can have on a lot of other things that a student does over the course of the day or over the course of the year. So um, one thing leads to another and one individual can be impactful on one student in a way that is life changing. So that's an important commitment for us to make as educators. Hey, you mentioned earlier um, allowing people to use their expertise and, and do what they were doing. I mean, we've talked about this before, and I've heard you mention this before, about allowing individuals to, to do what they're supposed to do. Um, what else do you see as your management style? What can, what can teachers and bus drivers and custodians and um, central office staff see from you this year as, as, as interim superintendent? So I have a strong belief in the fact that people have gone to school, received their training to develop their skill sets, their knowledge, their level of expertise. And trusting that is a key piece to, I think, um, any organization being successful. Um, It really is something that has worked for me over the years, um, and it's something that I feel is important in terms of building capacity. So the way that you do build capacity is by taking that talent, that expertise, those skill sets, and of allowing those individuals to not only do their work, but also to empower them to actually be a resource for others, mm-hmm. to her, perhaps provide leadership in an area that helps to build capacity as a school system. I know one of the things um, you mentioned earlier was about some of the challenges. Well, another area that's a challenge for us and that we want to continue to work for, um, work on is an engaging workforce. Um, and the way that you do that is that you create systems that allow for growth opportunities for those individuals who are interested in having those growth opportunities. So having the pipeline for that to occur, regardless of the scale, regardless of the type of work that somebody does, you know, we want to continue to help them to grow professionally. And I think that's one of the things that um, is important to a successful organization and is very important to the work that the leaders do in, in the school system. Uh, one of the things that you, you've done over the last couple of years and that you and in, uh, in administrative services and Jeanette Allen focus on is um, creating a cohort of, of leaders from within. Um, and you recently won an award for your work in that. Um, how important is that to grow leaders from within? Oh, it's very important. Um, it's it's It demonstrates that you have a tremendous faith and value the employees that you have. Um, so I think that that sends a message. It also creates opportunities and opens doors. Um, and so when those doors are open, people will enter. And so you create the pathway for them to be able to learn more in their profession so that they can move on to the next step. So the aspiring leaders is one component of it. I couldn't do it without um, my colleagues who provide information about individuals who may um, want to explore those possibilities. So again, extending an invitation to them for them to take advantage of professional learning opportunities is one way of doing it. Another is giving people an opportunity to to self-identify. So you put information out there that says Mm -hmm. if you're interested, um, just come and learn and gather information. Um, We also have partnerships that I think 
think are phenomenal in terms of those growth opportunities, at least from the standpoint of leadership with um, what we've done with some of our neighboring um, universities. So creating multiple pathways um, is the way to go about um, developing the staff that you want. Um, It's not limited to people having to attend um, work sessions. There are lots of ways for them to receive that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's important to create those multiple pathways, not just for the adults, but actually for our students as well. So we're proud of that. And um, we also have um, taken a look at what our needs are. And when we have done that, we've tailored it to that need. And Mm -hmm. so recently we started a Latino leadership group that I think has been well received and we want to continue that work Mm -hmm. as well. Because it's important also for students to see people who look like them in in positions of of, um, higher positions like administrator, like a principal or assistant principal, superintendent. So it's important and that's what that um, cohort does. Yeah, I think that's important for individuals to see people like them. I think it's equally important for people to see what the journey's been. Um, I'm an example of somebody who started out as a classroom teacher. So I think in some ways that also demonstrates what the possibilities Mm -hmm. and, you know, the paths are that could be there for anyone. Um, But again, I think it's important to recognize that doors are open and you have to enter those doors. I also think that you have to recognize that there are supports along the way that help you to take that journey. So. Um, yes, having individuals that look like you, um, female, um, you know, a minority representation is critical. But I also think that you have to take advantage of opportunities when they're there for you. And I've been in a position to um, have those doors opened by others. And um, I consider myself um, extremely grateful for that. Uh, you recently went to China on an educational trip at the end of the last school year, and, and you've been a couple, as a couple, a couple other places. Um, talk about those experiences, China and other places that you've been. Yes, I think um, it's 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 one of those things um, that has made me smile. I think there are a lot of professions where you have the opportunity to travel a lot. Um, education is not necessarily one of those, but I've had the good fortune to be able to make some um, to travel outside of the country. They have been educational um, trips, um, and I've ha- I've gone to Bolivia, to Spain, um, to Japan, and then most recently China. I think what those are what those um, trips do is they allow you to see. Um, the country, um, both from um, uh, through a different lens, um, and help to further increase your awareness, mm-hmm. and to. Um, create opportunities, I think, just to learn a lot about the country. So my most recent trip was to China. I went with the um, um, George Mason, through George Mason University um, and had an opportunity to travel to um, Beijing, uh, Xi'an, and Shanghai. Mm-hmm. And while we're there, we are actually visiting schools and having an opportunity to see how the um, educational institution works there. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things that one can speak to in terms of similarities and differences, but I think the one thing I've seen in all my travels is really that um, parents are parents the same um, around the world. They genuinely care about their child and they want what's best for their child Mm -hmm. and they'll make the investment to try to make that happen. So that's always rewarding to see Um, and as a parent um, I understand that and I appreciate it and I have great sensitivity to it. Um, But you also learn a lot about the country. So it's absolutely fantastic to be able to travel to other places and 
learn about the history mm-hmm. and the culture and how much um, it, how it, it becomes such an integral part of who the people are mm-hmm. within that country. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've been rewarding. And then those education trips work both ways. And we have a number of, of visitors from outside the United States come through here and tour our buildings, too, during the school year. They absolutely do. Yeah. It's another example of a partnership that creates, I think, growth opportunities that are more on the global scale. In this conversation, we've talked a lot about some of the, the, the things we want to focus on this year. We talked about mental health and opportunity gaps. What is your vision for the school year as you take the helm? To a large degree, it's to stay the course. Um, and to build on, you know, the talent and expertise that we already have within our school system. And uh, I think it's important to continue to explore, you know, multiple pathways to success for our student learning. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those things are in place. And so we want to continue that work. It's very important that when we've been able to identify systems that are designed to help individuals um, arrive at a particular destination that is aimed towards excellence or success, that we give ourselves the time to do the work that leads to that success. So I think we have a year that allows us to deepen our understanding, our commitment, um, and to develop the talents around the work that we know is important for student success and ultimately also important to our staff's success. Mm -hmm. So I see that as as an important investment this year. Uh, Is there anything you're um, specifically looking forward to as a superintendent? Um, um, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm smiling and I'm again saying and I'm again saying that I'm really looking forward to being out and about with um, young people and having an opportunity to see them in action. So yes, um, I think one of the one of the great things I saw in the last couple of weeks is you um, at an administrative conference uh, leading the drum line through Wakefield High School. Um, and there's pictures on social media. There's a video on I think on um, Instagram of you doing that, and that was this. Uh, a highlight that I think everybody is still talking about is, is you doing that. So, um, I, <laughs> I, I, I have been fortunate to be in a profession that I've absolutely loved. So and it is shows. a joy to be around young yeah. people. Well, I want to thank you for um, sitting down and talking with us and, and for our viewers to, or listeners to get to, to get to know you a little bit and uh, look forward to spending the year working with you as superintendent. Thank you for joining us. I right, thank you for the opportunity and I give it my best. Thank you very much. Hey. And thank you for uh, tuning in to this episode of the What's Up APS podcast. You can find us on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any thoughts of future topics or you want to hear some more about something, uh, send us an email, email at APSnews at APSVA.us um, or hit us up on social media and let us know um, what you're looking for. Thanks again. And we look forward to seeing our kids back for the 2019-20 school year.